Hello, I'm Eric Chabro of GovInfoSecurity.com and Information Security Media Group. Today I'm speaking with Ken Tice, Director of the Michigan State Office of Technology and Michigan State Information Officer. Thanks, Ken, for joining us. I appreciate the opportunity to be with you today. We know there's a lot going on with the cloud in Michigan. First, tell us about the Michigan Cloud Computing Framework. Cloud computing is a great alternative to lower costs and to be more agile and meeting the customer needs. But going to the cloud has to be done right. So what we've done is we've identified really kind of what we call our five key critical areas of things that really need to be encompassed. Because a lot of cloud computing strategies offer their own different types of solutions for each one of these areas. We think it's important for every entity to create this framework so the cloud computing solutions are meeting the state's needs, not the state trying to meet their needs. So the first one is about ownership and ownership around the data and who owns that data. In the end of the day, you know, what happens if that supplier or that solution provider goes bankrupt? The second one is obviously around security, security and compliance of identity and access management. Are there audible records that are accessible and is it certified by a third-party auditor that the security controls uh, are appropriate for the, the type of business and the type of data that they're doing. The other issue is around legal issues. Is there a guarantee that the provider complies to all uh, federal and state legal requirements? Is there a stipulation for the provider to make sure there is breach notification? Probably another area that we look at is the location of the data. Where is the data located at and can it be accessible? And whether it's within the state of Michigan or you know not only the primary data but the, in a disaster recovery opportunity. And then the last area would be service level agreements. And when you take a look at service level agreements, are they in place? Are those performance metrics in place? And are there associated penalties in place to make sure that those things are required? So when you take a look at all those different cloud computing providers that are out there, for each of these five areas, they are offering, each solution provider is offering different components and different elements for each of these five areas. And what we're trying to do in Michigan is to set the framework, which means that these solution providers, these cloud solution providers, meet our requirements, not the other way around. And what kind of reception have you gotten to that? You know, I think it's been good. You know, we're a large organization. We have about 1,700 employees. I think internally, right, our employees appreciate the fact that when we do look at cloud computing, we're going at cloud computing consistently across the organization and that we're setting up in an environment that's sustainable and supportable as we move forward. I think from a provider standpoint, we've gotten a little bit of pushback. We've gotten some pushback saying, well, wait a minute, if we do those things, it might cost you a little bit more money. And what we're saying is it's worth a little bit more money. You're still getting the benefit of cloud computing, right? Speed and agility and cost, reduce cost, but you're doing it in a way that's more sustainable and more affordable and more stable for our organization moving forward. Uh, let's talk a little bit more about the security area. You talk about audible records and third-party auditors. Tell us a little more about that and why that's significant. These are key critical areas around security that are done at different levels. And every provider has different solutions in place and different levels of security in place. 
So for an example, having audible records at all data access events. Folks may say they have audible records, but it's only audible during these different time frames, not all the way through the events of that specific transaction. What we're trying to do with each one of these areas is define the level of detail uh, for each of these key elements so there is no misunderstanding, if you will, or misinterpretation of our requirements when we're working with that specific provider. In Michigan, you're working on something called the Great Lakes Information Technology Center, and that deals with cloud computing. Uh, tell us about that. I think when you take a look at cloud computing, it offers a wonderful opportunity for the government and the, and the public sector. If you take a look at Michigan, Michigan is like every other state in the fact that it's got thousands of data centers that are supporting all levels of government. When you take a look at those, whether they're cities, townships, municipalities, counties, or state government, or school districts, or universities, there's thousands of data centers. And just like all those data centers, the state of Michigan has three very large data centers. And with the requirements of what's happening with high-dense computing, with a lot of things that are out there, everybody is having a lot of difficulty in setting up environments to support the, these new data center technologies. Michigan, like many organizations, has a primary data center. Our data center is 34 years old and is full. And what we're looking to do is not only how do we build a data center that supports state government, but how do we build a data center that can support all government computing across all government entities. So what we've done is developed a program called the Great Lakes Information and Technology Center. And it really is an opportunity to build a public cloud, if you will, that will support not only state government, but all those other government entities as well. Obviously, as you could expect, that will drive efficiency, it will maximize energy utilization, and then bottom line, it will promote better government and increased collaboration. Because as you know, once you get all those server technologies together, then we can start looking at, more importantly, how can we start sharing applications such as email across those different government entities. The other thing that's really a cool key component of this program is, is from an economic development perspective. The Michigan Economic Development Corporation loves this project to build a state-of-the-art, purpose-built data center that would support all government entities. Because what they would like to do is they would like to make these services available for companies that they're looking to recruit into the state of Michigan. So one of the things they'd like to put in their economic toolbox is, as they're recruiting people into Michigan, is to offer them to host their computer systems, maybe for 12 months, 18, or 24 months, as another student or another uh, carrot to bring them into the state itself. Would the same data center host private companies as it would government entities? For the most part, it would be built around the public sector, but absolutely it would have the ability to add private sector entities as well. Not only those small, mid-sized companies, but potentially, like you said, uh, product companies as well. You know, one of the concerns of cloud computing that is raised, and this is one of the attractions of community cloud computing, where you have similar kinds of businesses, organizations sharing facilities, is the mixing of data or the potential of mixing of data. It's one thing when you think about maybe different kinds of governments within Michigan sharing facilities, but from this kind of security concern, if you introduce private companies, does that raise some worries for people? 
Absolutely. There are definitely security challenges that need to be faced off with that. You also, probably as important as the security issue, it would be the perception issue. The perception of the public that there would be a public entity housed or, or hosting their data in a very close proximity to government data. There are ways to deal with that. But again, I don't want to take away the primary purpose of this Great Lakes Information Technology Center would be primarily to go after those things that are hosted or services that are provided to the public sector. What kind of response have you gotten from other government entities in Michigan to this? It's actually been great. The challenges in Michigan are tremendous. We are in our eighth year of budget reductions, and that's not only for state government, but that's for all our local government entities as well. The pain that they feel today is even worse than the pain that the state has felt. So we've gotten a lot of interest uh, from a number of different entities that would like to join us and almost become an anchor tenant with the state of Michigan as we move forward with this project. Would this be operated by Michigan state employees, or would this be outsourced to some cloud provider who would come in and work and operate it? The primary solution for this is to stay the same that it is today, and that is it would be a facility that would be owned by the state of Michigan, and it would be operated by the state of Michigan. Uh, we have done a request for information, and we have sought input from all our vendor partners out there. We had 60 different technology partners respond to that request for information, but we did tell them we were open to additional ideas and different innovative solutions that they had out there as well. We haven't shut it off completely, but the idea would be to not only own the building, but to manage it with state employees. Where are you in the process of getting this operating? We are through our request for information process. We are formalizing the overall business case and feasibility, and we plan to move forward with an actual request for proposal towards the beginning of next year. And when do you think it will be operational? Getting the data center up and operating is typically anywhere realistically a three- to four-year project. So we would hope to be through procurement process, I would hope, probably by about this time next year. And then from there, uh, we'll start going through the, the planning and the build phase, which is typically anywhere from a 20- to 28-month process. Has there been a location decided yet? You know, we haven't. When we went out with the request for information, we kept it wide open and said we would be very open to different locations throughout the state of Michigan. We received a number of different high-level ideas and approaches that literally highlighted a number of areas throughout the entire state. Any idea how many jobs this, this could create? We have not gotten all the way through that. In the end of the day, you have the jobs of actual construction and then actually, obviously, operating at that point. But we're not through that analysis yet. That's what we're doing today is understanding what that business case, that feasibility looks like, and we'll should be able to articulate that later this year. That's Ken Tice, Director of the Michigan Office of Information Technology and State Chief Information Officer. We'll hear more from Ken Tice in the second of our two-part interview, in which he'll discuss Michigan's participation in the Federal Department of Homeland Security's Einstein Intrusion Detection System. Till then, I'm Eric Chabro of GovInfoSecurity.com. Thanks for listening.